Welcome to Balance with Carmen and Ashi, your lifestyle podcast. We're two busy mums trying to find some balance in our lives. We're here to discuss important topics and to have some fun along the way. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. In this episode of today's podcast, there is discussion about domestic violence and emotional abuse. Listener discretion is advised. On today's podcast episode, we've got Ree from Central Coast. Welcome to Balance. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So I have to tell you something really funny that happened last night, and you're going to think this is hilarious too because you love Isla. So she goes to me, are you going to talk to Pam? And I'm like, Pam? And she's like, yeah, you know, the lady you talked to before bedtime. (laughs) And I was like, you mean Carmen? She's like, oh, yeah, I thought her name was Pam. I'm like, where? I don't even know where she would have even heard the name Pam. Maybe once I get my boobs done, I can become Pam. (laughs) I just want to give a little disclaimer. I can be quite awkward when it's a conversation that I don't know much about that is also a uncomfortable conversation, (laughs) like (laughs) trying to... Like I, I want to show empathy, but I have no idea what to say. <laughs> Are you going to be like just start giggling when I'm like? Oh, I, luckily I don't laugh when I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so I don't know your story like Ash does um, because I don't watch Instagram stories. And so I have missed a lot. And I'd love to know, yeah, just give me a bit of a rundown how long ago you had your surgery and just your story that led you to it. Sure. I had surgery coming up to the 12-month mark now. And I guess I've been overweight my entire life. Um, I've always been like a fit, fat person. Like I've always been quite active and enjoy kind of, you know, bushwalks and getting out and stuff like that. But I've always struggled to be that because it hurt. Like I was hundred and like 126 kilos at my heaviest. So I guess what finalized getting surgery for me was my kind of reproductive health. I had huge issues with my period. I basically had been in and out of hospital in 2019 with really heavy bleeding and pain and no one could tell me why. And everyone was just kind of like, oh, lose five kilos. And for someone that's been trying to lose weight their whole life, that was (laughs) quite damaging. Um, I was like, if I could lose five kilos, I would lose five kilos. Um, So I ended up with the marina in 2000, like mid-2019 through my gynecologist, but she then mentioned, I went back to her like a year later to kind of talk about where I was at and she, and I was kind of like, I just want to go back and get to a basis of knowing what's happening Mm -hmm. in my own body. Like I felt so disconnected from myself. Like I didn't know if I was ever going to have kids, like if it was something that was even possible, um, I couldn't track my periods. My moods were all over the place. Like, so I went back to a different gynecologist and she suggested surgery and it had kind of been mentioned before as well, but I'd kind of just gone, no, not going to be something I'm interested in. I don't know why I kind of just said no. Like I was just like, no, that's so extreme. Like I don't need to worry about that. And so this was in 20, the start of 2021 was when I went back to this new gynecologist when I was just like, not new year, fresh start. And so, yeah, I spoke to her, she suggested it and it kind of just started from there and yeah, six months or not even, yeah, five months later, 
I'd had surgery and yeah, I guess what led me there was pretty much just wanting to get back to a neutral playing field with my own body because I just had no idea where it was at, what it was doing, how I felt. I would agree. Like since having had my surgery, I feel so much more in tune with my body as well. And I'm a lot more aware of little things that I never was before. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's been, um, it's been the coolest thing is kind of witnessing what can change when you have that tool in front of you. Like I can't, yeah, like I can't even begin to talk about like, well, I mean, I probably could talk about it for (laughs) hours and hours and hours, but I know we don't have that long. Um, But yeah, like just how much I have changed in that time in like the physical sense, obviously being nearly 40 kilos lighter, but also like the mental stuff has been massive for me. Like that's been the biggest win. So yeah, it's, it's very cool. That's so good. So what was life like for you back then, like 11 months ago? It's funny because at the time I would have said like, you know, I'm happy being the way I am. I always buy clothes that make me feel good about myself and that like fit my body shape. I never tried to squeeze into like a size 12 pair of jeans because I wanted to be a size 12. I'd accepted what I looked like. I guess like then I would have said like, I'm happy. I'm, you know, body positive. But looking back, I was existing. I just thought that that's what life was meant to be like. Like I kind of just thought that that's what it felt like and that's how it was to live. (laughs) I was literally saying this in another episode to Ash about how you just watched your life pass you by and you were like a spectator in your own life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly what it was. I, um, I was in a very unhappy relationship. I didn't realize that I was like, it's weird. It's hard to like explain because, you know, I knew that things that had been, that were happening in that relationship weren't normal, like air quotes normal because things happened. And I was like, Oh, I don't think that's like what it should be like, but I never Mm. had the confidence or like the self awareness to kind of put myself in a situation where I could see that I was like, Oh, you know, who's going to love me or this is, you know, this is meant to be my next, my next chance. Like I'm going to get married and have kids. And, and at that point in time, I had such low self-esteem that I didn't really look at who it was with or the situation I was in. So I was just kind of like trying to live the life that I thought people or that I needed. But yeah. So you were settling basically because you didn't have confidence. Yeah, 100%. And, like, I think that, um, you know, I was I was unhappy and looking back now, I know that. But because I didn't have that self-awareness and because I was just kind of – I've been told forever that, you know, I wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. that no one would love me, that, you know, I was high maintenance and hard work and, um, you know, I was, I was made to believe that my mental health was the problem and, like, I was the issue and – yeah, I think surgery definitely helped me kind of see that differently. I also think when you're with somebody like that, that is, um, you know, a big narcissist and you start to see those red flags mm. and you start to question it, they almost pull it back and be like, you know, this is all in your head, uh. you're the problem, not me. And then you second guess yourself because you're like, oh, maybe maybe I am the problem. Yeah, they turn it on you and make you feel, yeah, like you're the problem. It's such an yeah. awful trait. I hate it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's like exactly what happened. And it actually got worse. And obviously, um, you know, if you, although Carmen doesn't watch my stories. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for Instagram stories. I'm sorry. Make it a reel and I'll watch it eventually in like two weeks. (laughs) That's so true. Maybe that's where I need to kind of get to. Um, But like in my stories and even in a couple of posts, I have shared that obviously I left my ex-fiance at the end of January and since surgery, so in that kind of what it had been like nine, eight, nine months or less than that actually, my maths isn't good at this time on a Saturday morning, (laughs) I definitely had noticed that the gaslighting had gotten worse, the narcissistic behaviour had increased and again, like I knew it at the time but I just kept making excuses Mm. for him and I just kept making excuses for myself for staying and, yeah. Do you think when he started to see your change and a little bit of growth happen, he started to go like, oh, I might lose her. I need to. It's like they almost pull it back on themselves and go, no, 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 I'm going to be really good and treat her really well, hence the engagement, Mm. I think. And then once he had that on your finger, he went, okay, now I can go back to how I was. They give just enough for you to want to stay and think, oh, they're getting better. And then as soon as you let your guard down and relax a little, that's when they get going with that bad behavior again. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, I have been and continue to do a lot of therapy around this because like it, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but it fucked me up. Like, (laughs) um, You can swear. but, (laughs) But like exactly what Ash just said, like he, he felt like he was losing control of me and I 100% believe now that he never loved me. Like it was all a control thing and, yeah, he started to lose that because I started to get more confident. Mm-hmm. I started to stand up for myself. I started to acknowledge that what was happening was not acceptable because I I think my turning point was like I have lost, I think I'd lost like 30 kilos at that point. I was like I am working so hard on my physical health to be able to have a long life, potentially have children one day, like look after myself so that I can live a better life and actually live it. And yet I'm allowing this person to treat me like an absolute piece of shit. Mm. Like it was interesting you said that you um you think he never loved you because from what I know about like a narcissistic behavior and like men that are like that and women like mm. I I just sex it's um they're fast loves. They're yeah. fast to love you. They're fast to get you in. And then it's hard to leave because you're so involved with this person that they actually probably don't even really know what real love is for themselves because they might not love themselves as a person. So how can you love somebody else? There's a saying that hurt people hurt other people. So there's Mm -hmm. definitely something going on within themselves for them to actually behave this way towards another person. Yeah. And I think that is where a lot of the therapy has come in for me as well. Like I've had so much growth, but I continue to need that. Like I still have those moments, even yesterday, literally yesterday of going, this is my fault. Mm. I'm the reason that this person's like doing this or they're feeling this way. And it takes so much reflection now because it's so ingrained in me. Like Mm. he, he literally for nearly three years basically made things my fault and I know that he has his own issues like and that's his story to tell and that's his place to you know work on that if he chooses but it was always a promise of like yep I'm gonna get help or Mm. it was like 
you know, I'll do this, but you also need to like do ABC or whatever. Like it was this constant, like, I'll do this, but only if you do that. Like it was never because he wanted to get better. It was because he wanted something to hold over me. Yeah. Like I went and did this to make myself better. What are you doing for me? Yeah. 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 And it was just constant and it was for nearly three years. And like, you know, Obviously, we got engaged in October, I think it was. And I've spoken about this as well. Like, what you put on Instagram is such a highlight reel. So many people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that, you know, you left him and your life looked so perfect and, you know, you guys were so good together. And I was so incredibly selective with with what I put online and with what I told people. Like, I have, like, my very, very best friend even she only knew some of what was going on. Like I I had so much shame and so much guilt that I didn't even tell her everything. But that's the thing. At what point do you stop airing out your dirty laundry to other people? Because when I was in a relationship where he wasn't necessarily treating me the best, very narcissistic behaviour as well, whenever I would tell my parents, they would like him less. And so if you tell too much, People are just not going to like that person. So you tend Mm -hmm. to keep it all to yourself. And then when you do decide to make such a big decision like leaving, everyone's like, why? Why are you doing this? He's so nice. It's like, well, I can't tell you, but I can't not tell you either. You're in this place. And it makes it harder for you as well, dealing with it all. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Like it was, it got to the point where I was keeping everything in and obviously like we went through a lockdown together where we pretty much couldn't leave the house for six months and that really, I guess, accelerated me leaving in the end because it kind of showed sides that Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen or it gave me a little bit more time, I guess. Everyone had a lot of time during lockdown to kind of look at where I was at and like how I was feeling about myself and, um, yeah, I, the day that I left was the day that I called my mum and told her because I hadn't done that yet because of exactly what you said, Carmen, like I had like a previous relationship that kind of went down a similar pathway. So I already had guilt and shame that I'd put myself in this position again. Mm-hmm. And I held on to that like so much. And I still sometimes feel that, yeah, the day that I left was the day that I actually called my mum. And then all of a sudden I was at her house at her kitchen bench with my best friend telling her everything and that's all I needed to then have that space because my mum pretty much said like you're not going back there it doesn't sound safe like at least today and then obviously the gaslighting behavior came through pretty much immediately after leaving and I was able to show and then like it became my reality all of a sudden it wasn't just something that I was creating or living in my head it was out there for other people to see. Would you say there was a lot of like coercive control from him? Because I know we've said that it was, like, emotionally abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, like, did it ever get physical with him or was it more just, like, the emotional sense? It was definitely emotional. Like, he never touched me, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, in, like, that kind of way. But um, he, the day that I left, it was, <laughs> it was, sorry, I'm going to get emotional. Mm-hmm. It was, like... Like the situation that had happened was um, we'd like kind of had words the day before and it was just I was getting ignored. And so for me it was like I'm going to try and make this a bit of a joke and like laugh about it. So I like jumped on him and like tickled him. Um, and he like I, I've never shared this, but he actually like called the police. So he called the police and said that 
Um, it didn't go through, luckily, because that would have been quite a um, <laughs> horrible situation. But um, he called the police and basically said, you're restricting my movement. Like, yeah. So, like, <laughs> and, like, this guy was, like, six foot, six foot five or something. Like, yeah. What a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's um, some other words that I'd like to describe, but I won't. <laughs> I also think, like, and I, I, I got, you know, I've been through the whole domestic violence relationship I think the emotional abuse that can happen sometimes is a little bit emotionally it's worse for you than like a physical thing. Like sometimes when it, for me, when it used to get physical, it was done and dusted and that was it. But sometimes when it was emotional, that could go on for like months, that emotional abuse and it was awful. Yeah, well, I didn't want to make a comment because I haven't personally gone through a physical abusive relationship. So I'm glad that you were, I'm not glad, but I'm happy that you are, I'm happy. <laughs> My word choices are getting better and better. But I'm glad that someone here was able to shed light on the physical side versus the emotional side of it as well. And because that's how I feel, I think that emotional abuse can be so much worse because a hit is over and done with, but emotional does drag. And I've gone through a narcissistic relationship as well, where the emotional side of things, like he didn't touch me, but to go through constantly, just mm. the, it's, it's constant in your head and it yeah. breaks you down yeah. little by little and you start to believe it and you start to believe that yeah. that's your reality and that there's <laughs> no way out as well. I remember so vividly, like, I think during the time that we were together, like, the almost three years, like, I kind of experienced things, but then almost put them into, like, another part of my brain, like, another compartment that was like, oh, it's fine, like, it's done, this happened, but I remember so vividly, we were, we were driving, um, and we'd had a horrible argument over something that was so, I can't even remember, but basically like he'd stopped the car on the Hunter Expressway and said, get out. And I was like, I'm, well, no. So the Hunter Expressway would be like a, like a major highway for you in the Gold Coast. Like, yeah. um, maybe the one that connects like the Gold Coast and the Brisbane together. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So we're doing like 110 and he's like, get out. And I was like, no. And he had turned off the car. He said, like, get out of the fucking car. Um, and I basically then just went into, like, protection mode. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Like, I just took all of the blame because I was so scared. And then driving down to where we were going, we are going out for dinner with my whole family. Like, my whole family were going to be there. I am, like, a complete mess. We're running, like, nearly an hour late because of the fight, because he'd already stopped the car and tried to get me out. And then he goes, like, I'm really worried about you. Um, you know, when we argue, you say things to me and then you just don't remember them. And, like, I'm really concerned that there's, like, a multiple personality disorder going on or, like, you really need to get some psychiatric help. And I was just, like, sitting in the car going, he's lying to me, he's gaslighting me, this isn't real, I'm not doing that. But I stayed. This was, like, seven months in, girls. Like, we're yeah. talking, like, early days. So you're seeing these red flags, oh but then God. you're also getting told, like, you know, you're the problem. Like, yeah. you're the crazy one. There were yeah. literally red flags from day one, and that's mm-hmm. why now I am, like, I am, like, red flag fucking queen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I am looking for those things everywhere. Um, 
yeah, it it was it was bad. And that's just like one example. Like yeah. I have I could talk for about it for ages. It's such a hard thing. We want our friends to be supportive of our relationships, but then we also want them to point out if there are red flags that they can pick up on. But in this sense where it is emotional abuse and you don't talk about it, your friends won't know. So they can't even but I feel we have a responsibility as friends to if we do notice something to actually point it out and go this is not right is he treating you in certain ways and then maybe list some ways that could cover emotional abuse where you think it's normal but it's not I just think we should do that as friends yeah no I agree did you have anyone in your life that pointed anything out or was he just really good at you know covering his tracks and what he did a little bit of both so my bestie Sarah she she like I said earlier I I did share some things with her like there was one point where I literally called her and I'd stayed at her house and we went and looked at a like a real estate house inspection together because I was like no I'm done like I can't do this anymore I think that yeah I need to leave and so she was super supportive of that and then I guess After that, I had that shame. So I was kind of like, oh, no, now I need to make out like things are really good again. And like, you know, things have gotten better. And we went and saw a counsellor. And so she heard some of it. Um, But yeah, like for the for the for the most part, I kind of just dealt with it myself. And I just kind of battled it pretty much by myself yeah yeah and then when you do want to tell her everything's okay you might actually go over the top trying to convince her everything is okay to say oh no we're better now and because you don't want to feel that kind of judgment and you don't want her judging the rest of your entire relationship either so now you make things out to be much better than they are yeah and that's exactly what happened and like now in hindsight Sarah was there like the day that I left like literally picked me up off the kitchen floor, like um, has been through it all. Like I could not have gotten through any of this without her. So now I tell her things and she was like, you know, that fucking asshole, like I knew that something wasn't right. Like, yeah. Yeah. How was he in counselling? Like was it an act? Because I know like that this can happen too. Like when you do go and seek some professional help, that's when they're, best the best partner comes out and you know they put on that massive like that show of like look how good I am like they're Mm. very good at what they do yeah surely though a counselor can read through that bullshit I would hope so it was so (laughs) it's so fascinating that you asked that because I've reflected on this because obviously you know you self-reflect when these things happen so there were days where it was like He turned on the tears and he like, you know, could say and acknowledge all the things and like, cause I'd be sitting there and I'd be telling our counselor the things and I'm like, holy shit, like, I can't believe I'm living this. Like, how do I keep allowing this to happen? And, you know, he would be like, yeah, I just, I can't believe I did that. Like, I'm trying really hard. He'd have excuses or he'd come up with like a solution. But then there were also days, it's like he balanced it so perfectly to make it look realistic because then there'd be days where he'd be like, no, I don't agree. Like, I think that read, you know, ABC and like he would kind of dig his heels in. And so it was like he like, and I guess it goes back to the early question about did he like cover himself well? Hell yeah. Like he mm. was so good at this. And like my counsellor since, like we've spoken at length about it, obviously. And he's like, he has been doing this for years and years and years. Like he is just going to get a little bit better every time because, mm. you know, with you, you know, he's going to reflect on that now and go, oh, okay, so ABC was a little bit too much. 
So next time with the next person, I'm going to have to do it like a little bit differently. Mm. And he just gets better at it because he has been doing it for so long. Like mm. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. How it all You've unfolded. Wondered. Yeah, and you wonder what do they gain from it all, you know? Like, yeah, maybe a little ego boost, but really you should feel like shit because you're a crap human being. Like, what do they gain from it? It makes no sense. I just, I don't understand narcissists. I really don't. Yeah, and that's like what I've been, because I really needed closure. Like, I was so stuck on, like, I need him to realise what he has done. And Martin, my psychologist, is like, yeah, Ray, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Like, he is a true narcissist. Like, he follows the cycle, like, perfectly. Like, I can almost predict when I'm going to receive contact from him or, like, I can almost predict what's going to happen next because he's mm-hmm. still trying, like, even five, four months later. Do you think, though, like, bringing it back to, like, your health and fitness journey and, like, your weight loss, mm. do you think having that, confidence in yourself made it easier for you to leave yeah definitely it was like um I think that because I'd started to kind of see my own worth and I mean as a big person or as an overweight person I don't know why I said big that was weird um as an overweight person like you look for validation externally all the time, like at least for me. And so oh, I think I still do it sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like constantly looking for this external validation. But then, and I, you know, created my Instagram a few months before surgery and I started getting some followers. And I don't have like a huge following by any means, but, you know, I've, you know, more than a thousand people kind of hang out with me on a daily, daily basis. I think you have active followers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I engage a lot with my followers and like the people that I follow. And so then I was getting this validation from these people saying like, you know, you must be feeling so good and you're doing so well. And I was like, why am I not getting that from my own fiance? Like, why mm-hmm. is he not proud of me? Why is he like still putting me down? And so I remember once he said like, you were nicer when you were fatter and I was like oh okay because I'd started to stick up for myself yeah. and so like I that's think that's when he starts to lose like control exactly yeah. and because I could see it kind of escalating and I was feeling better about myself and I was wanting this like and like I said earlier like I'd connected the the physical growth or like loss I guess <laughs> in this um and then I was like but my mental health is the worst it's ever been and like we were in a lockdown my nephew had been born and I hadn't been able to meet him. Like all these things were happening. But at the end of the day, when we got out of lockdown, nothing like I was still that really sad, unhappy, depressed, walking on eggshells. Right. Mm. And I hated that because yeah. every other area of my life was improving. It's funny how you say that you're walking on eggshells because I remember that so well. Like it's almost like you have to think about what you're going to say and what you're going to do throughout the day so it doesn't upset them. What's next for Ray? At the moment, I am just kind of continuing on trying to, you know, I guess the word I was going to use is balance, which is convenient. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Trying to balance everything out and just build my own life in the way that I want to. I feel like I'm finally living life on my terms and I'm actually living it. I'm not just existing in it anymore. And Mm. I am the happiest I've ever been with the trauma that I've experienced comes those up and down, like, you know, the roller coaster. So 
just kind of working on that awareness of myself and being okay with not being okay, but then also creating some really good goals and routines for myself. So like, you know, getting up and going to the gym and going to the beach in the morning and kind of having that time to reflect on my own thoughts because it's so easy to get caught up in everything else. I am just so excited for my future. Yeah. Um, and six months ago, I was terrified of it. So I yeah. think that's really cool. Well, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Our Facebook group is called Balance with Carmen and Ashi. Make sure to join it for updates on upcoming episodes. Our socials are also found in the show notes. And here's your daily reminder to move your body, take your vitamins and drink your water. Until next time.